Welcome to The Pipeline, all things CICD and DevOps podcast by the CD Foundation. I am your host, Jacqueline Salinas, Director of Ecosystem and Community Development for the CDF. In episode 11, we are joined by Kasuke Kawaguchi, creator of the Jenkins Project. In this episode, we will be focused on Jenkins, an origin story. As we celebrate the big milestone achieved this August by the Project Jenkins, which is now officially graduated from the CDF. This is majorly important for each of the projects because it establishes maturity. And now we are welcomed by KK, who will talk to us about his DevOps journey, but also about the origin of Jenkins and the 15 years that it took to get Jenkins to where it is today as a part of the CD Foundation from incubating to graduate. But prior to that, I always like to ask my guests, speakers, how they got started in DevOps. So KK, how did you get started in DevOps? What's your DevOps journey? Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Actually, it, well, I think, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think I used to be a guy who breaks build all the time. You know, so like, you know, I was working in this team of like an engineer four or something. And, uh, you know, we all making changes to the program. And like, you know, I, for one reason or another, like I, I ended up making change that you know, just doesn't work. And then so at some point I started feeling like, oh, this is embarrassing. And then that's, so I was thinking about ways to kind of catch those problems before my colleagues did. So maybe you could say that's kind of how I got into this whole you know, building and testing and I guess what eventually became DevOps. Back then yeah. we didn't have you know, a name like that. Yeah. So Jenkins originally was developed um, from the Hudson project. Were you part of Sun Microsystems or how did you first get involved with Hudson and how did it evolve from Hudson into Jenkins? Right. It's actually believe it or not, it's 2004, so uh, 16 years ago already. <laughs> um, I can't believe I've spent so much time <laughs> time of my life in this. Uh, but um, yeah, so you know, so this I already mentioned that you know I used to be a guy who breaks the build all the time, and this said project I was talking about was at Sun. I was a uh, you know part of the group that was building Java EE, and that's this platform layer for the server, Java server applications. So, and this was also around the time I was just, you know, I was younger. I was really enjoying writing programs and, you know, Sun wasn't like a very, well, at least the part that I was in, Sun wasn't a very driven place. So, um, you know, I, I came from Japan and uh, I, you know, I was used to seeing people working really late hours. Uh, whereas at Sun, like, you know, by 6 p.m., like, the office is completely deserted. And if I'm staying around, like, people would worry if, my, like, my marriage life is going wrong or something. So uh, <laughs> I had just too much time. And, uh, you know, I just wanted, I keep writing these programs. And one of them just happened to be Hudson. Okay. And yeah. how did it evolve from Hudson into Jenkins? Right. So Hudson kind of kept on going for a long while. Um, you know, it, it, I guess of all the projects that I've been doing, like this one had actual, you know, quote unquote users. 
Um, and those were people around me because like once I started, you know, using it at my work, other people noticed that you know, this thing is running. And you know, I also discovered that I wasn't the only one who breaking the build. You know, it's just that those failures are more noticeable to me because people would call me for my program. But um, so it turns out to be quite useful. And then so people kind of kept giving me suggestions, and you know, that that brought the joy uh, in me. You know, the software. I think it's true. It's any any work that like if you can see people's happy face, it's you know, it brings joy in your work. And in software engineering, that's actually hard to see. Um, because most of the people work in these places where their users are so far away. So that kept me going for you know a few years before you know like anybody else started using it. Um, but for some reasons, I guess I was in some sense I was lucky. So this project was already always open sourced. Um, and then so by the time some other people started noticing that this thing exists outside some, you know, the, the mass of the functionality features that was pretty already substantial. So, and I have this secret hypothesis that um, this was also around the time sound was going down the tube. Uh, this was around this, like a, you know, the, there was a long decline from the dot com bubble. Um, so, as people leave sound, I think they took, you know, the knowledge of how it, you know they develop software to their new workplace, and that also included Jenkins. So I started seeing the mention of that pop up in, you know, the blogs and people's conference presentations. And I think the developers trust what they're hearing from each other. So like I suddenly started noticing like a lot of uptick of you know, users. Um, so, and then that was, I think for me, it was like a key turning moment was like 2007 ish. Um, and, you know, I, I also had this like other, I think my well, my really my only ace up in the sleeves for building this open source project was this extensibility platform. You know, like allowing people around the world to build whatever they want on top of this base thing that is the Backensity Hudson. Um, and then so you know, that was. I guess, like, I, I wasn't, as, a, as an engineer, like, I, was, I wasn't really into collaboration, communication. I always find those, like, a little more painful. Like, and I know this would be good, but the, that, the idea that I have to convince so many other people that this is a good idea was somewhat off-putting for me. I guess I was still young. Um, so I designed, like, I, was, I started thinking about the social structure, like, the, the designing the product itself in such a way that that kind of collaboration doesn't need to happen, that, like, every idea could be experimented. And uh, only, the, obviously, like, only good ones will get the traction and they'll survive. But at least, like, we don't have to make that judgment up front, which is actually often the case with most projects. So that really helped to, you know, when the project started ballooning, uh, this like a foundation that I've laid out in like a, in a number of years prior to that really paid off, and like we suddenly see in this huge you know, contributor community growth, um, and then some continue not to do very well. So I was now working in this part of the Java EE group, and then my entire department was you know, riding on top of the software that I was doing on the spare time. So when there is a bug, like you know, I I used to tell them like, okay, maybe like nah, this weekend I'll work on it. But at some point, if the work started critically depending on it, like they they want it that fixed like now. So it started creeping into my day job, um, and then it became more you know like 
gain interactions and so I started thinking maybe like you know maybe I don't maybe I shouldn't like you know what am I doing at Sun you know like it's not I, I'm not I'm doing something that my organizations like it's not even the goal of my organizations um, and um, and this seems to be getting tractions. So that's, and eventually that led to me sort of like a leaving sign. Um, and then um, actually, so well, I decided to leave sun and then like Oracle uh, decided to buy sun. So I decided like, okay, maybe I should like, stick around a little bit to see how, you know, working for Oracle look like. Right? It's like a free ticket to experiment with Oracle. If that works, it's great. If it doesn't, um, then uh, then that's that's fine like i was gonna move so so that was in retrospect i think it was a mistake like i wasted a half a year uh, because the eu put like a um put the pause to the acquisition and then uh, eventually but then oracle actually really didn't do anything with hudson so like i kind of you know, I think I felt like I wasted that whole hour more or less. But um, finally, I left Oracle, um, and then, you know, like half a year or so after I left Oracle, I think Oracle decided after all that they wanted to do something with Hudson, and they looked around and realized that the only people, only person who knew anything about the project was already gone. Um, so that's when kind of things got little nasty and then that eventually led to the like force of Jenkins project. Um, oh, understood. So I feel like, yeah. Understood. So, so when, after you left, uh, Sun, which was then, uh, Na, uh, Oracle. So did you stop contributing to Jenkins or since it was already an open source uh, project and there was already a community behind it? Uh, yeah. Were you letting more of the community drive it as you decided to, to move away from, from Oracle? Or- yeah. So, um, so I kept doing Hudson. Um, you know, like, as you said, it is an open source project. Um, you know, I run all the infra. Really, as far as the users and the communities are concerned, you know, this wasn't, that, that this was a Sun or Oracle project was almost invisible. Um, so, you know, like they didn't really care that I moved out. Um, and then you know, I kept running the project. People are quite happy. Uh, then, but then when Oracle decided to do something with Hudson, they looked around. Like they did it. I think they must have realized that they didn't have any any leverage. Like you know, they didn't have any has expertise. They nominally own the code, but you know, it's licensed. It's open source project, so anybody could do anything with it. Um, so I think what what was somewhat unfortunate was the the person in charge back then at Oracle decided that the only way to exercise the control uh, was to trademark the name Hudson, um, and then they decided that well, like you know, if you wanted to, if the developers, if the open source developers wanted to do anything, keep you know, keep having fun with it, then you'd have to follow what we tell you to do. Oh. Right, like we, you know, you have to recognize that we own this project, etc. Right. Um, so that's, I, I think that was a, let's just say that was a short-sighted move. Um, it really like pissed off 
really pissed off all the open source developers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I yeah, so I wish um, I wish yeah, I wish um, I wish he had more signed advices, but in some sense, I think. At some point, these things. I now that I'm sort of like, you know, this this happened like about nine years ago, right? So this this old episode and drama is well behind me. So now that I look back, I feel like at some point it must have became personal to him. Right? If it's a, just a purely business, then I don't think I don't think uh, I don't think he would have gone to that kind of extent. Yeah. Um, but um, so I still wonder, like, did I did I do anything wrong or? Um, it was just like, was he, was he in a bad mood or, you know, I, I, I'll never know. But, um, so yeah, so eventually like, you know, we weren't, you know, we were just a bunch of developers, no corporate backing or anything. So we didn't want to fight Oracle lawyers on the legal basis or trademark basis. So we just decided that to screw you, like if you wanted to have a name, go ahead and have it, but we're going to take our you know, Toyo. Our code, yeah. And so that, how, <laughs> yeah. how did you come up with the name Jenkins? So, you know, Hudson, the name Hudson, I named it as such because I thought that sounded like a British butler name. Um, and um, you know, I, I originally, like our, our colleagues and I, like I, I used, we, we used to talk about the software, like another person on the development team. Because back then, this kind of work was actually done by a human being. You know, somebody was in charge for producing a build and running tests and you know, sharing that result with the rest of the team. Um, so, like my, I was you know, essentially writing a computer version of this person. So Butler sounded like you know, like a kind of people who serve other people. Um, and it also, you know, like orchestrates and coordinates the big household, right? That's at least how I understood it. So the name quite felt there. And then, so I like that theme, like this you know, Butler name theme. So when we decided to rename Hudson, um, we, we also wanted to keep that. Um, and so luckily, I remember like three of us, like key leaders of the project, um, we got around in this chat um, one one afternoon, and uh, you know, one of us discovered this Wikipedia page that lists all the real and fictional butlers. Mm. Um, and then, you know, it's like a name <laughs> from A to Z. Okay. So the, yeah, I still remember like the first one was Alfred, and that was the Batman's butler. And um, you know, coming out of this trademark problem, like we didn't want to like fight. We're like, leads, I right? don't need any yeah, yeah, trouble with lawyers. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we keep like looking down and the, the list, and uh, you know, there are some suggestions, like like you know, some some suggestions, like um, that was, you know, that uh, that was like a politically incorrect. So like I think even even you know, I think back then this kind of thing wasn't. As well considered, but we, I'm glad we dodged those things. A few names, but eventually, like we came down to Jay and Jenkins, as you know, seems like a available name. And I believe, if I remember, it's um, it's a butler that appears in the Scooby Doo. Well, there's some like a butler to the character of like Scooby Doo. Oh, I don't yeah. remember Jenkins and Scooby Doo, but now I'm going to have to look seen for it. But yeah, I I should I really should I mean of all the people I should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't so. remember a butler in Scooby Doo. Now I have to um, 
Is that that? So you grew up in America? Yeah, I I did. I did. And I actually grew up watching Scooby-Doo. So Scooby-Doo is a Great Dane. And it was Mm -hmm. a group of four teenagers who would always um, be called to solve these mysteries. Mm-hmm. And they used to drive this like 1970s um, Volkswagen uh, van <laughs> and it was uh, called, um, oh my God, the mystery machine. Uh, uh, so that's why I was just like, I never heard of a butler in, in, in Yeah, so he must be a minor character. Um, <laughs> which is probably why like nobody came after us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> which is a good thing because I think after your exactly. experience with yeah. with Oracle yeah. and, and fighting over the Hudson brand, it must have been it must have been a nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so how what is your involvement with Jenkins now? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been over 15 years now. Uh, you're the creator. The community is massive. Uh, we have a huge, you know, yeah, we just have a ton of support. I think last time I saw our Jenkins area meetups, we had mm-hmm. about over 26,000 members. So the yeah. community is extremely strong. You've, transition out of cloud bees and now you're working on launchable mm-hmm. so yeah. how how has that journey from jenkins helped you get to where you are now right so i think that the role my role in jenkins project has always shifted slowly and steadily early on like i was the you know obviously a lead and the only developer so like a day in day out writing code but I, you know, it's, it's, then it started turning into this platform, right? So I mentioned earlier, like my, my, my focus and passion was letting other people build what they wanted to do. And then that was done in the form of plugins. So like somewhere, you know, in the middle, like it became my job is writing this platform that allows people to implement the CI server, not the CI. I wasn't implementing CI server itself. Um, and then, like, then more people started joining and taking on the, those efforts. So it became more of like a community building thing. Um, in other words, like we had plenty of developers. Like the open source project, by definition, attracts these people. But like it doesn't, by default, attract uh, people who think about you know spreading the wars or you know organizing things or. Um, you know, this was also you know, coming out from this, like you know, the birth of the Jenkins project made us feel like we need to have some structure, the governance of the project to prevent like as an answer to that kind of, you know, the, the corporate takeover, if you may. So these are the things that the open source contributor wasn't, wasn't particularly interested in. So I and a few other people really started thinking, okay, I guess this is, this is what needs the most, what we need to be doing the most, like this is the area of the least coverage. Um, so that that kept happening, um, and then you know, Cloudbees came in, became the thing, and that also created a whole new angle of you know, facilitation coordinations. You know, the the corporate entity like Cloudbees can put a lot of organized effort behind open source projects which is or like a, a true team effort. And like, you know, most of the open source contributors are solo developers you know, working for their companies on their spare time and eating their own scratch. So it's really hard to do any 
coordinated you know, effort that takes different job functions and skills. The Cloudbees was able to do that, but that, sort of, that kind of like a mode is actually alien to most of the open source developers. Uh, we need to kind of you know, set expectation adjustment, facilitate all that. Um, and then so that happening, um, and then so in some sense, like every time I, I kept kind of like, I was the, like I sometimes I feel like the, maybe people have this impression like the the creator of the project get to choose whatever they want to do. And maybe some of the founders do, but I find myself more like, you know, like, I let other people constantly erode my work and I you know, they intrude my space. Like if somebody started doing what I've been doing, I was like, okay, that's great. I guess I need to find something that these people, are not, like things are not done yet. So it's like a constantly morphing of the role. And until at one point, like I started feeling like, okay, I guess you know, I could, I could like just not do anything. <laughs> Basically, um, you know, I spent like, 15 was, years in this project. Yeah. Was that challenging so, for you? Was that challenging for you to let, have to kind of let go of that control? Um, uh, for example, like I know this, like the CDF was formed essentially because Cloudbees wanted to donate Jenkins, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Was, was that challenging for you? Were you like, my baby, no. Or was it something that you were just like, you know, this is what the best thing for the community and for the project? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, mean, I was I was used to this like a shifting role, like I was well used to that like a you know by by that point. So if anything, that was I mean I find that great. I I, I sort of take that as a sign of maturity, and I mean I lobbied hard for the company to donate the Jenkins project to CDF. So in many ways, it was a dream come true for me. Um, so I didn't really have any. Yeah, like any mixed feelings or anything like that. Um, I think it's truly, yeah, it's just amazing. Like most projects would die um, when, you know, the succession doesn't really happen. Like, like either because a guy in charge doesn't feel like they can move on, like or the sky would fall or the other people, you know, in part because of that, they failed to step in. You know, it's like, a, it's like a parent and kids. You know, if the, the kids needs to, the kids are capable of working solo if, if, so long as the parent is willing to let them do that. But like, you know, you're just so scared. And because you feel that the parent, you feel like this is the only way that the kid, you know, the kid should grow. And, and then like, they can't stand the idea that they have the, the kids have their own wheel. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's challenging. So what does it mean to you that Jenkins has reached uh, graduation and, and that it achieved this this milestone. Yeah, so I was I was really happy to see this like a next generation of leaders in the Jenkins project, you know, like fill the space. Right? And then by necessity, you know, they take slightly different directions from how I've been doing it, which is great. That, that, that's the whole point of the succession is, you know, like they they, they see the problems or they, they spot the holes that I didn't and they, they work to solve them. So um, I feel like this is uh, the graduation is a sign of that maturity, um, and uh, you know the. I think it's also from like a CDF's perspective. It's uh, yeah, I think it's a uh, you know, foundation takes time to build 
its own how it rolls like it, you know when it's a, the foundation is an interesting place because nobody really well maybe except like a you know staff operation staff like nobody really worked there full time their the work relationship between you know participants of the foundation is much much shallower um so making things move forward it's much harder compared to let's say more closely knit team so for the foundation to get to that point i think it's also yeah, so it's just, yeah, it's been, it's great to see the progress, like I saw it manifest so, you know, so clearly um, and be able to talk about the progress to the outside world. So thanks for, you know, thanks for spreading that word. Yeah, no, it's been my pleasure. It's been such a, honestly, such an amazing journey in the past year, seeing just the CD Foundation grow and gain traction the way that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's always like, I'm always really surprised with how strong the community is, especially within the Jenkins um, yeah. community. I mean, the, they are, it's just incredible what you've done, honestly, in 15 years from your creation, from something that came from you doing on your spare time and kind of snowballing into uh, what Jenkins is today, which is a platform that continues to have thousands of followers. So I'm sure you are extremely proud and, you know, it shows you received an O'Reilly open source award, which, you know, it's doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah so it's lucky. amazing. Yeah. Uh, KK, I am, so excited to always be um, be able to collaborate with you, and I'm always excited to see also what new things you're you're going to create. So, tell us about your journey with Launchable. How did that? Was that sure. somewhat inspired from Jenkins, or is that a completely new direction? Um, so, well, one of the one of the things, well, one of the few parks, I guess, of being a being a founder of Jenkins, it's like whenever I. You know, travel anywhere in the world. I could kind of you know, tell the world that hey, I'm in this such and such city on this day. I'm interested in talking to the software development teams. Like if you are interested in having me, and then like people just like reach out from nowhere saying, yeah, like I come here, and then they, you know, I get to see these different software development team up close and get to hear their stories on like you know how they. Well, you know what what they what they care about and how they develop software and you know, like I met some really you know passionate and proud people um, and they have these challenges and like problems that they are trying to work on next and so like I've I've kept doing that like I I think I had like a thirty or forty of these interviews like you know, I, I each I spent like a two hours and I I turned that into a writing and it's and I share that with the rest of the company. Um, so that was from that experience, like I started noticing a common challenge, um, like a somewhat unsexy common challenges that seems to be universal in many software development teams. And that is, you know, that is, uh, that is building confidence to the change to their software that they just made. Um, so it's, if you think about it, like, you know, the, Really, like uh, making us change the program is actually pretty easy. Um, it's it's to know that that change is good enough to be put into production is actually what's hard and taking time. Um, and then so, 
you know, that, that, I mean, that's got this whole Jenkins thing is in that space to, to begin with. Uh, but, um, but I sort of, like, so another form of it. Um, and this was also around the time when I started feeling like Jenkins actually drove a lot of automation in the space. So people are running lots of tests and build left and right. But by and large, that information is actually not utilized very well. Um, they are just essentially thrown away. So I, I said, like, I, those two things connected in my head. It's like, here's the data that a lot of people are producing that's thrown away today. And here are these seemingly universal challenges. And I, I feel like I can solve that. Well, I can, I can make a dent in that problem by looking at the data. Um, so that led to this idea of, well, people primarily run tests to find problems. And in Jenkins project, for example, we have like an hour worth of tests that takes you know, 17,000 or so test cases for any change. But um, surprisingly, it doesn't really give you all that much confidence. Um, so, you know, like I know like if I'm changing just a small part of this big system that is Jenkins, I shouldn't have to run all the 17,000 test cases. Um, there's probably only a little bit small, meaningful subset of the tests that can give me enough confidence. Uh, so if I can find those meaningful subsets of the change and just run those, then I can get the feedback to the bot force a lot more quickly, and then that would be so much more productive. So that's um, that lets, that that began, that's basically what I'm doing now at Launchable. So I work with um, a number of large-scale software development shops, especially like the successful one that's going on for a long time. Like they, you know, they have a big, big project. They are under immense pressure to deliver more features. You know, that um, that makes it difficult for them to reinvest and you know, be implement or do quote unquote do the right thing. So they need something that you know they need. They really desperately need help to tame you know, the code base and the amount of tests that they, they amassed. And so we work with this team to try to you know, help them build the confidence to their changes faster. So that's, uh, yeah, that's been, that's been my focus. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and helping with Jenkins get to graduation um, this August. So we can't wait to see what else you've got. <laughs> you've got coming down the pipeline for us. Um, yeah, I think that that's it for me, KK. I really appreciate your time. Uh